0: Welcome to the Creating Your Best Self Podcast. We're your hosts, David N. Johnson. And I'm T. LaVon Lawrence. The Creating Your Best Self Podcast is all about personal change. It's about creating the very best version of yourself so that you can help others achieve the same. It's about living your life with intent, gratitude, and a deep level of self-worth and happiness.
1: In today's episode, we're going to discuss the importance of tying the four pillars of success together and finding a way to balance your efforts among them so that living a successful life becomes a matter of easy habit rather than successful struggle. Stay tuned.
0: Hello there, everyone, and welcome back to the Creating Your Best Self podcast. I'm one of your hosts, David and Johnson, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Now, we're going to dive back into a topic that's close to our hearts and is central to our message, which is the four pillars of living your best life. Now, if you haven't listened to the previous four episodes, I'm going to kind of go over a quick reminder of exactly what is the four pillars of living your best life. Uh, so just to remind you, we're talking about relationships, career, spirituality, and health. Now, these four pillars, in my opinion, and from the countless conversations and research that I've done, form the foundation of a truly fulfilling life. So let's break it down. All right, we got relationships. Uh, these are the connections that we cultivate with our loved ones, our friends, coworkers, and of course, ourselves. Then we have career. Now, career represents not just your jobs, but also our ambitions, uh, our contribution to society and even our financial well-being. Next, we've got spirituality. And while that means different things to different people, it's essentially about finding deeper meaning and purpose in our lives and a sense of connectedness to the world around us. And, of course, there's health, which is the very essence of our physical and mental well-being, which, of course, is the fuel that keeps us moving and allows us to fully engage with life. So now here, here are the key, folks. So each of these pillars is important in its own right, but where the magic really happens is when we find a way to balance and unify them. It's like a puzzle. Each piece is very important, but the whole picture only comes together when every piece is in its rightful place. When we manage to integrate these four pillars effectively, we're not, we're not just surviving, we're thriving. We're not just ticking off days in the calendar, we're living intentionally, authentically, and really, and really, that's the whole journey here, right? A journey to create our best life. So buckle up, as today we're going to explore how to bring these pillars together. How do we create that balance? What does it look like in practice? And I promise you, it's, it's, it's going to be a fascinating ride. So let's drive in, shall we? So T, why don't you start us off? Because I know you're all amped up on the coffee and ready to go, aren't you? Oh man, I have the jitters. Folks,
1: on the path to personal success... The highest expression of the better self you're working to create is the ability to love and care for other people and to make a difference in their life while they make a difference in yours. Relationships are the very foundation that determine whether you'll be fully successful in your career or business, your spiritual, religious, philosophical, or even political life, and your health which includes your mental well-being and life expectancy. Now, the relationship pillar of the four pillars of success ties directly to your career and business pillar. Your personal relationships with others, whether it be the ones you have at home with your spouse, partner, and family members, or even the relationships you have at work with your friends and coworkers, all have a significant impact on your level of success in life, but also determines your level of happiness, enjoyment, and sense of fulfillment while you're on the journey of achievement. There's an old cliche you've probably heard that goes, behind every successful man is a good woman. But times have changed, and the world of Business has completely evolved in a way that demands that idea be updated. In today's world, the old paradigm has completely shifted. Women are no longer standing off stage waiting to be acknowledged as significant contributors to a man's success. They're instead leading the charge themselves. The fact is, both women and men now rely on healthy, loving relationships to provide motivating purpose and to make their working life more pleasant, rewarding, and satisfying. When it comes to enjoying a fulfilling career or business, it's hard to find a more motivating influence than succeeding not just for yourself, but for the people you love and care about. This is true whether you're doing it for a lover, spouse, relatives, or the co-workers with whom you spend time in the trenches. Here are some interesting facts on how relationships contribute to career success. According to Forbes magazine, being in a solid long-term relationship means that you're likely to be paid more over the long term than someone who is single. I have personally observed this many times. One University of Virginia study showed that married men earn $15,900 more a year between the ages of 28 and 30 and $18,800 more a year between the ages of 44 and 46. Cha-ching. Being in a supportive, communicative, loving relationship with a spouse or long-term partner increases the likelihood you'll enjoy working in your career. Research has found that great personal relationships at home make career-minded individuals feel safer and more well-adjusted because they have emotional and creative support that a single person often lacks. The joy and fulfillment of your romantic relationship at home provides more reasons and whys to strive for increasing success at your vocation. People in loving, strong relationships have emotional support that singles don't have access to. They have someone who's there to serve as a friend, advisor, comforter, and cheering squad. Companies have found that employees who are seriously committed to family take fewer sick days because... As research has shown, they maintain their health better than single people. After all, married people do live longer. Married men spend nearly twice as much on taking care of their health than single men. Married men work an average of 400 hours a year longer than single men comparable of comparable background because they enjoy extra passion, extra energy, and and extra motivation provided by the positive experience of a loving, supportive relationship at home. They're just more focused on average because they have meaningful reasons, hence higher success rates. And here's one that is for women. 64% of business women working in the business community are married. among women who are Fortune 100 CEOs, 93% are married. So, as it turns out, long-term healthy relationships are better for women out in the business world. But for both men and women, Having a loving, supportive relationship contributes greatly to career motivation, enjoyment, and success. And I don't mean to sound overly practical, but if you're single and focused only on yourself, there is a high probability that your peers who have someone to love and someone who loves and supports them are living a life that is more deeply, multidimensionally rewarding than yours. The great news is, that the option is always there for you to enjoy. Now, so, so what you're ahead. saying, T, is that everyone should go ahead and get married, then, right? I'm telling you, bro. There's
0: money in it. <laughs> it's it's the best investment you can make, apparently, for both men and women. There you go. You know, I obviously I agree that having a supportive partner can you know provide emotional, creative support. Uh, like you said, it reduces stress. It, it increases resilience in uh, personal and professional challenges. Right, but I think one thing that's important to note, because these statistics obviously are, uh, are amazing. Now, obviously, they won't equally apply to everyone. Um, and so while it's true that being in a living relationship can provide motivation and security, it's not the only source of such benefits, of course. And I know, you, I know you're going to get into all of this, because one of the things that I think is important to note here is the interconnectedness of everything that T and I are going to be talking about today, and the importance of everything. in relationships, of course, is one thing that impacts your health. That will obviously impact your job and will impact your spirituality probably more than all the other things combined. So, uh, so this is definitely a good direction you're going. Speaking well, of spirituality. I, I hope so. Well, <laughs> hold on a second now. I just
1: want to make sure that sounds all good. But dude, you're talking 20 grand a year if you get married, okay?
0: <laughs> well, I, I've I I have been I have been married for 24 years, so I hear you. Oh man, you must be rich, bro. <laughs> Rich in love. I think I'm supposed to say that in
1: case my wife is listening. <laughs> now, okay. Now we're going to talk about how this spirituality pillar is, is basically it's an insurance policy that strengthens your relationship pillars. Just like David said, all these pillars support each other. And if you're, if you're suffering in one, you're probably going to be suffering in another. Now your inner life is your inner experience of the world. And without great relationships. There can never be a true sense of balance on the road to success. And there is simply no way to create your best self without working on the pillars of both relationships and spirituality, because they are mutually supportive foundations of a successful life. Spirituality is important for a strong, healthy, loving relationship due to several reasons. One, spiritual intimacy. Couples who openly share their spiritual beliefs, questions, and doubts with each other can enhance their spiritual intimacy, leading to a deeper connection and understanding in their relationships. This can foster a sense of emotional support and shared purpose. Next, greater commitment. Partners who pray for each other are more likely to experience greater commitment in their relationships. The act of praying together can strengthen the bond between couples and reinforce their shared values and goals. Additionally, coping and adversity. Religious beliefs and behaviors can provide couples with a framework for coping with challenges and adversity. Spirituality can offer solace, hope, and guidance during difficult times, helping individuals and couples navigate through relationship stressors. Next is well-being. Adolescents, adolescents, young people who attend religious services with their parents are more likely to have greater well-being. This suggests that shared spiritual practices within the family can contribute to a positive emotional and psychological state, fostering a healthier and more loving family environment. Next is personal growth, which we are concerned with here. Engaging in spiritual practices and belief can shape an individual's personal growth and development, which can positively influence their relationships. Spirituality can provide individuals with a sense of meaning, purpose, and self-reflection, allowing them to cultivate qualities such as empathy, compassion, and forgiveness, which are crucial for healthy and loving relationships and if that's not enough to motivate you to turn more focus to improving and deepening your interest at integrating healthy spiritual living into your personal development, consider the following facts to help motivate you. Couples who attend religious services regularly have a lower risk of divorce compared to those who don't. Strong, loving, committed relationships are a foundation of the world's great faiths. Religious beliefs and practices foster a sense of sanctity in marriage, enhancing the commitment and dedication between partners. Religion cultivates qualities like empathy, compassion, and forgiveness, which are crucial for maintaining a healthy and loving relationship. Religious communities provide a support system that helps couples navigate the challenges and conflicts in their relationship. The University of Ohio conducted a recent extensive study that found that individuals with documented religious affiliations have longer life expectancies compared to people who don't. The research showed an average lifespan difference of 6.5 to 9.5 years for women and around four to five and a half years for men nationwide. That means that a solid spiritual life can help men live around five years longer and women totally score with up to nearly 10 years added to their lifespan. Overall, individuals who attend church or engage in consistent spiritual disciplines are more likely to exhibit positive behaviors such as active socialization and lower instances lower instances of substance abuse additionally religious support and coping mechanisms are associated with favorable mental health outcomes so in my estimation that makes a solid argument for prioritizing both a healthy spiritual life and a strong focus on proactively building deep, trustworthy personal relationships with loving, supportive people, including spouses, long-term partners, families, friends, and
0: co-workers. Well said. Now I know there's one thing I think I, I want to point out. So T and I are both are both Christians. So when we're talking about spirituality, we talk about you know religious stuff a lot. We talk about that, but I think one thing that's important, I think, to point out, especially for somebody who may not be, may not be religious, and, and T, you did you did bring this up, but I just want to just point it out that that spirituality, like independent of religion, uh, can be defined as a personal exploration of one's inner self. So it's all about seeking to understand the purpose of your life, uh, the essence of human existence. And of course, our connection to others in and, and the universe as a whole, which this kind of helps lead us to a, a heightened sense of self-awareness, mindfulness, empathy, and of course, interconnectedness with the world around us.
1: Yeah, I'll talk about that in a, in a little bit because it really is important. There are hundreds of millions of people who are very
0: spiritual, yet not members of any particular religion. So yeah. Yeah, for sure, and I just wanted—I just, wanted just wanted to bring that up because I know a lot of times, even when I start talking about spirituality, I can't help but talking about religion um, as well. And I just wanted to just kind of dive into that, but we'll get into it more, right? So all about interconnectedness. Yeah. I think this is important. point. But one thing—one thing that I like that you pointed out—it's about how spirituality and religious practices really help your coping mechanisms during, during times of adversity. So what's interesting is I actually just published a post this morning at 7 a.m. that talks about overcoming adversity. So really having that spiritual anchor can really help people navigate the storms of life with resilience, which which not only brings solace, of course, but also hope and guidance. Well, I got a question for you, David. Yeah. Where where can we find that wonderful informative post? David in the letter N, johnson.com.
1: Oh, I'm going oh. there as soon as we're done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll pay you later. All right, so, so, anyway, so, t, t, that was some good stuff, right? As always, right? You always you always hit the nail on the head. So let's just kind of keep things moving along here. I know we have a lot to cover. Um, so let's talk about the link between relationships and health now. And this is something that I think is that I think is really important. And I, you know, people always ask David, you know, the four pillars. I don't got enough time to you know look at my health, much less everything else. How do I put it all together? And I always say, put them together. For instance, Heck my wife yeah. and I, my wife and I, work on our relationship by working on our health together. We're eating right together. We're exercising together, and I tell you, we get closer and closer the more stuff that we do together. So having, it doesn't have to be just be your wife. I talk about wife, wife, but it could be just just anything else. Uh, long-term partner, absolutely right. So, so obviously, we're not just talking about rom- romantic relationships here, but all types: you know, family, friends, coworkers. Yep. I mean, yes, and probably the most important is the relationships that we have with ourselves. Yeah. All right. So now that definitely ties
1: into spirituality.
0: Oh, absolutely. Right. So that's just, yeah. So now, now picture yourself in a thriving, supportive relationship. Now, really close your eyes and really, really think about picturing yourself in that relationship that is both thriving and supporting. It could be with a friend. Uh, a partner or even a mentor now think about how does that make you feel? does it, it make makes you...
1: me feel safe, secure and well motivated
0: absolutely happy energized yep. So you see these these positive relationships like these don't just make us feel good emotionally they also have a, a tangible impact on our physical health. So there's there's a wealth a wealth of research out there showing that strong social connections can lead to a longer life, better immune function, low levels of stress and anxiety. You know, when we're surrounded by positive and, and people that support us, we're more likely to take care of ourselves, not to only eat well but to exercise and of course to prioritize our our well-being.
1: Yeah, um, and you live
0: longer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So get married. Uh, And eat right and you'll live longer, of course. So (laughs) on the flip side, negative relationships, obviously they have the exact opposite effect. So these could be relationships filled with like frequent conflict, negativity, or even even emotional abuse, right? So all of these things are things that a negative relationship will do. So the stress and anxiety these relationships induce can lead to all sorts of physical health issues like sleep problems. Uh, a weakened immune system, cardiovascular disease. I mean, having a bad relationship can lead to disease. Think about that, right? Everything is connected. It also can lead to mental health issues like depression or anxiety. Uh, In these situations, we may tend to neglect self-care or fall into unhealthy habits. Just think about it when you had a bad relationship and then you go and pick up those, those, those box of cookies, right? So there's a lot of things that all of these are connected. So... So navigating these dynamics, I understand, T understands, we all understand that it isn't always easy, but there's one tool that I believe is vital here, and, and that's setting healthy boundaries. Yeah, yeah. Right? So establishing these boundaries is, is about understanding and respecting our own needs, but more importantly than that, it's also ensuring that others do the same.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But we also have to be interested in their boundaries also. That's part of the relationship.
0: Absolutely. You can't yeah. expect somebody to, to respect your boundaries if you're not respecting them. You're the old saying goes, it's a two-way street. Yeah. right. So, um, so it's about saying no when we need to and, and not about feeling guilty about it. This is why communication is so very important. I never think, oh my gosh, you said the C word, but you know how important communication is. <laughs> but it's important. It's important that you feel that you communicate these things, so you don't feel guilty about telling somebody. Know that hey, this is not something I do. Remember, we set these boundaries. It's it's about ensuring that we don't lose ourselves in the process of maintaining a relationship. Uh, my wife and I were talking the other day. It's like in any, any kind of relationship, there's me, there's her, and then there's us. It's important that we do have time apart to you know kind of go after the things that 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 makes us happy outside of our relationship. I like to write. I like to read all the nerdy stuff. But there's other things that we like to do uh, that we like to do apart that maybe she's not as interested in as I am, or I'm not as interested in something as she is, and that's okay. This is why it's important to have to have boundaries. Well, I can tell you from, from
1: having witnessed uh, the growth of your marriage, uh, I can tell you that uh, when it comes to the four pillars, I know for a fact that your wife is supportive of all four pillars of your life because they are they they're actually tied into her. Four pillars
0: also. It works out beautifully. Absolutely. It, it it really does. And this is why this is how you're able to live the four pillars to create yourself the best life possible, to live your best life possible. It's about doing it with somebody. Now, going back to boundaries. Now I know sometimes that might sound intimidating. I get it. Trying to set boundaries expect your significant other others, but just but just remember, it's it's not really about pushing people away. It, it's about protecting your peace. It's about uh-huh. setting the terms for how we allow others to treat us, and that directly influences our well-being. Well, you mentioned the,
1: commun- the the C word, communication. It's going to be very important how you communicate those boundaries to the person you love also, uh, the, 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 that you guys talk and they understand why you have those boundaries and what it means for you and how it helps the relationship itself.
0: Right. And that, that starts with that C word. It's just being open and on front with each other at all time. And that's one of the things my wife and I have. And it wasn't always from the beginning, but whenever we communicate, it's always it's always a safe place. We always understand how much we love each other, how much we want to be in a relationship with each other. So if she tells me something that might be hard for me to under hard for me to hear, I take the I take the tact of okay, well let me understand where she is coming from. And that Mm -hmm. is really, really important to have those conversations and not only in a romantic relationship, but also in any other kind of relationship to understand where the other person is coming from. I know it's not always easy to hear something against what you think, but if you're open to it, to actually listening and understanding where they're coming from, even if you do not agree with it, your relationship would be much better off because of it.
1: Yeah. And if you practice it at home, it'll be easier to practice at work with other people.
0: Speaking of religion, amen. So so, so to all of our listeners out there, you know, I I really would love for you to reflect on the relationships in your life. Are they supporting your health and well-being? Are they setting the necessary boundaries to protect your peace? And again, it's not always an easy promise, easy process, but I promise you it is worth it. Your health, both physical and mental depend on it. So, So let's move on to the other one. Let's move on to uh, career and spirituality, okay? How how did those connect together? So T talked about spirituality and relationships. So let's talk about career and spirituality. So uh, this is a very, very critical intersection on our journey to living our best life, the point where career meets spirituality. So at first glance, these two may seem like strange bedfellows. After all, where does our job have to do with our innermost beliefs our values and our sense of connectedness with the world. Now, even me saying that out loud is like, uh, why would you say that? Of course it does, right? Why would you drop your beliefs and values at the door? You don't. You take those with you. You are who you are, no matter where you at, where you're at. And so, we need to maybe focus on our sense of connection to the world. So, yeah, the- you make you, you do make one. Interest. Can you imagine somebody uh, having
1: spiritual? Uh, morals and then they go to work and they don't bring them with them that, that eventually they would probably drop them at the door of the church also you know that's super important
0: i i agree and I'll I'll, I'll I'll tell a story so this is a long time ago uh maybe before i knew better or maybe not maybe i'll tell you the story you judge for yourself so i was working let's see this was uh 20 15 no maybe uh, maybe 18 years ago. Doesn't matter. Long time ago. And I was working, my boss at the time, he he liked to talk about how he was a deacon in the church. Uh, I hadn't been working there. I hadn't been working there that long at all, maybe two or three months. Um, and him and I went on a route together. I was actually working for a company that delivered, um, I, I worked for National Linen. And so he was a deacon of the church. One moment he was talking about God and the next moment he had a foul mouth on him and the way he talked to people was crazy. And I felt, I felt conflicted about that and to tell him, and I remember I was driving and we were driving a big truck and I want to say it was a four or five hour trip to where we were going. Maybe we were halfway into it. And I, I said to him, I was like, John, and I don't know if that's, his, I don't even remember that. that's his real name or not. Let's just say that's his <laughs> fake name. John. I said, like, John, I said, like, you know, I feel, I feel, I want to tell you this one moment you're talking about God, you're talking about your deacon in church and the next moment you're cussing and talking really bad to people. And I think that those two are opposite ends of where you should be because you might take somebody who is new in their religion or maybe thinking about it, or maybe isn't at at all and not a believer and they see how you're acting and they don't see you much different than them that maybe you should focus on that a little bit. And you know, That was a good conversation. How did he react? He got real quiet and he said, you're right, and it was so funny. I had a friend of mine who was who was his who was his equal. He was he was also a supervisor. And the next day, uh, this other person, let's just say his name is Jim. Oh darn it, his name is Jim. So let's just say <laughs> his name is Jim. He comes to me and he goes, man, he was really upset that you told him that. I'm like, first I'm like, oh crap, my boss was really upset. And I go, you know what? Good, maybe maybe that'll make him think a little bit. So you should take your morals to work with you. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, so you see our career choice, you know, our path can often be a reflection of our spiritual values. Now, I'm not just talking about people who choose to become religious leaders or spiritual guides, although obviously that's obviously a very, very clear example. So think about why you chose your profession. What is it about earning a paycheck or or was there something deeper? Was there something deeper driving you? Uh, perhaps you know perhaps you're a teacher because you believe in the power of education to transform lives or or maybe you're a doctor because you're driven by some deep- rooted value of uh, healing and, and helping others or you're an artist because you believe in the transformative power of beauty and expression so these are all spiritual values and they're guiding your career path whether you're you're consciously aware of it or not and and, and when your career aligns with your per, your spiritual values, it becomes more than just a job. It becomes a calling. Yeah. Right? So now this doesn't mean that every day at work is going to be sunshines and rainbows, right? <laughs> but, but what it does mean that even on the toughest of days, you're likely to find a deep-seated sense of purpose and satisfaction when you know that you're contributing to something that matters deeply to you and that really in itself makes all the difference in the world but what about those of us who aren't quite feeling that sense of purpose in our careers well that's where spirituality can kind of really can, can really help play a significant role you see our spiritual beliefs whatever whatever they may be and that's important whatever they may be often give us a broader perspective on life they they remind us that we're part of something something bigger right something bigger than ourselves and and that perspective can provide a sense of purpose that is bigger than any single job or task right so so maybe your job involves a lot of mundane things right and which i don't do good at the mundane stuff i don't like to do the same thing over and over again that's just that's just me but but you understand that those tasks are crucial to keeping a necessary service keeping keeping things running smoothly we know how important that is and and perhaps you're Perhaps your work feels thankless, but your spiritual values remind you of the inherent dignity of all labor, or maybe, maybe your spirituality prompts you to seek out ways to be more, to bring more purpose to your career, whether that's by seeking out more meaningful projects, volunteering, or, or even, or even considering a career change. So to to our listeners out there, I invite you to reflect on your careers and your spiritual values. How do they interact? How, how can they better align? Remember, your career isn't just about earning a living. It's a significant part of living your best life and your spiritual beliefs, your, your sense of purpose. They're the compass that guides you on that journey. So T, what do you have for us? Well, I want to go over a
1: little bit about how your career pillar ties to your health pillar. You see, Your health and career pillars are directly related and mutually impactful. Now, when it comes to your career, business, and financial life, your physical and mental health is, for you, the daily living experience of the actual nature of your success. Nobody feels successful while suffering physically or mentally. It is the feeling of success that lets us know we're on the right path because nothing ruins the journey along the road of success success, like physical or mental health problems. Preventing or repairing them is crucial even amidst the demands of a busy career. While it may seem challenging to prioritize health when work responsibilities are looming large ahead of you, neglecting your physical or mental well-being is pretty much guaranteed to have a detrimental effect on both your personal and professional life. By making health a priority you can enhance your overall well-being, boost productivity, and find greater fulfillment in your career or business. Now here are five key reasons why maintaining a healthy lifestyle is important despite the fact that you have a heavy workload. One, Enhanced energy and focus. Prioritizing health through regular exercise, balanced nutrition, and adequate sleep can significantly improve your energy levels and mental clarity. This, in turn, leads to increased productivity and better performance at work. Next, there's stress management. A demanding career often comes with high levels of stress. Engaging in activities such as meditation, yoga, or hobbies can help individuals better manage stress leading to improved mental well-being and reduced burnout. Next is improved physical health. Neglecting physical health can result in various health issues issues such as obesity, cardiovascular disease, and weakened immunity. By prioritizing regular exercise and a nutritious diet, you can reduce the risk of these health problems and maintain optimal physical well-being. Next is your work-life balance. A healthy lifestyle promotes work-life balance, and that's the whole point of us talking about the four pillars of success. This balance is essential for overall happiness, and it prevents burnout, ultimately leading to more sustainable career success. And lastly, it has a positive influence on others. By prioritizing your own health, you become positive role model. you become a positive role model for your colleagues, your friends, and your family. Like right now, David just talked about him and his wife are both working out together. That is awesome and it brings them together. They ins- you can inspire others to adopt healthy habits and create a supportive environment that encourages well-being in your workplace and beyond.
0: No. So but before going go before going further, it's definitely one thing I want to I want to tie. i was just thinking about this as you were, mm-hmm. as you were saying this about health and career. So, you know, it's all about setting yourself up for success, right? And at the office, I work with a lot of a lot of younger people, and I don't know if that's the reason why it happens. What I'm about to say is the kitchen's always stocked, but it's stocked full of just the snacks and junk, right? Just everywhere there's cookies and candy and all sorts of stuff just everywhere it's like what do, okay now you know, you're
1: making me hungry
0: <laughs> it's like and i know like what do the, what do these gen z's eat i mean what are they i mean they <laughs> ran on, are they are they ran on sugar anyway so i do i do bring my own food because i know that i will be tempted and i don't want to be tempted so i want to make sure that i am um just want to make sure that i have that that balance in there making sure that i'm bringing Bringing the stuff that I know and not doing the things that I know will tempt me to do something that I shouldn't be doing. Can I you imagine? To eat,
1: yeah. Can you imagine eating that stuff in the morning? How are you going to feel by the time you get to lunch
0: or after? Uh, it makes you feel good at the moment.
1: Yeah. For the, yeah, that <laughs> temporary rush. But, oh, then the crash comes. That's uh, true, true, <laughs> true, true, true. Yeah. So uh, w- what I'd like to do now is is tie spiritual success to health. We want to see how those two pillars tie together. The spirituality pillar of success and the health pillar of success are basically a dynamic duo, uh, and they complete the picture of your best possible self, which is why you're working this way. When either or both are lacking in proper attention, you will suffer the effects one way or another. Working both pillars simultaneously, your spiritual and your health pillars makes for a happy and fulfilling experience during your success journey. And here are a few reasons why. A healthy body allows for better worship and glorification of God. When we take care of our physical health, we are able to honor and worship God both in our body and spirit. By maintaining our physical well-being, we can fully engage in acts of worship and service to God because again, nobody feels successful when they are suffering either physically or mentally. Physical health contributes to overall well-being and inner peace. When our bodies are physically healthy, we experience comfort and strength, which can positively impact our spiritual well-being. A healthy body can provide the foundation Of a healthy spiritual life, allowing us to find meaning, hope, and inner peace. And in all of the great major faiths of the world, you will find commandments to make sure that you take care of your body because basically it's your temple. Good physical health enables us to fulfill our spiritual responsibilities. Taking care of our bodies allows us to have the energy, the strength, And the vitality we need to carry out energy, to carry out our (laughs) spiritual duties in service. Because it's really all about service. Service to others is service to the higher power that you that you that you follow, that you that you worship and that you dedicate your life to. It enables you to actively participate in spiritual practices such as prayer, worship, and service. Physical health impacts your ability to receive spiritual nourishment, just as a well-nourished body is better equipped to function optimally. A healthy body is more receptive to spiritual nourishment, and when your body is in good health, you're more likely to be open and attentive to spiritual practices. For instance, you'll pay attention in church, and you'll listen to the spiritual teachings and experiences because you won't be nodding off and feeling exhausted. Get <laughs> oh, don't believe me, man. I was, I, especially when I, I used to suffer ADHD in church. Believe me, I needed to be healthy. Uh, now, your, your spiritual health allows us to grow, or health allows us to grow spiritually and deepen our relationship with a higher power that we desire to connect to. Now, whether you choose a particular religious path, and David mentioned this earlier, whether it's a particular religious path, or other spiritual pursuits like meditation, mindfulness, or even a disciplined philosophy that you apply to your daily life, such as stoicism. Each approach teaches the importance of taking care of your physical body and to respect your body as a temple, whether in dedication and submission to a higher power or as a means to enjoy the benefits of a longer, ailment-free life. Well said, well
0: said, and long said, man. That put me <laughs> out of breath, bro. <laughs> all right, all right. Take a take a breather. Take a breather. <laughs> <sighs> oh. <laughs> that all feels right, so, better. There you go. So let's let's get to part two of this. So we've done a lot of talking about how they have connected together. We talked about theory. We talked about. We gave you specific things you can do to really see how they all they kind of all fit together. And of course, again, I just want to say that the importance of that is to how you can balance the four pillars in your life because when we're talking about success, we're talking about living your best life, it, we can get so focused on one or maybe two of them that we forget that the other ones are there and you really need to focus on yeah. all, all of them all together. So, um so can't have tunnel vision. Um, can't have it. So remember the four pillars, relationships, career, spirituality, and health. Now, Let's get into some practical ways of kind of bringing them all together. So the first step is to really understand where you currently are in each of these areas. And for that, I'd like to introduce a tool. And I think maybe using the word tool might be a little a little <laughs> much. But um, I call it the personal balance scorecard. And I've actually been thinking about creating one just so you can actually fill it out. But just imagine like a report card, uh, but for your life. Right. i want to where, hold your feet to the fire on that one. <laughs> okay. Where the, where the subjects are these four pillars, right? So um, uh, relationships, uh, career, spirituality, and health. So now what I want you to do is I want you to grade yourself um, on each one of these, but not in the way as if you like pass or failing. I don't mean that type of grading. I want you to be honest. I want this to be non, non-judgmental and it's a complete self-assessment. Right? Like so, a scale of one
1: to 10 type thing? Yeah,
0: yeah. I, th- I think I think that was something that would just be fine, right? So so for each pillar, all, all you need to do is kind of ask yourself a couple of questions, right? Like one, how satisfied am I with this aspect of my life? And you would do that for each one of them. What am I doing well? What could I improve? And and remember that honesty here is the key. And now we've spoken about this before, but you must always be honest with yourself. There's it. How stupid is it to cheat yourself? be honest with you because you're never going to be able to get where you want to get to if you're being dishonest with where you currently are so be yeah, open with it exactly right? so once we've once we've assessed where we stand we can then start to strategize on how to bring about improvement and balance and of course the number one most important thing that you can do to help you assess that and strategize is by listening to this podcast See, (laughs) we'll get you there. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. While while we're working there. And you know what? I think that's something that's important is to understand that there really there really isn't a finish line. This is something that we're always going towards, right? We're always doing it. We're always working towards it. T and I are continuing to work towards it. We're not perfect in all of these. No one is, but understanding that, being honest with yourself, gives you ways that you know that you could strategize to work towards going towards that finish line that that is never there.
1: Well, I can tell you this. I've been doing it long enough and trying to balance it ever since you and I first started discussing the pillars. I've been doing it long enough to where now I don't even have to refer to my... I, I actually use PowerPoint that I go through my... Uh, my goals every day. Yeah, well, <laughs> Duh, yes, I am. Well, the thing is, I don't even have to think about it now. When I wake up every day, the first thing that pops into my mind are the four pillars. And I ask myself, am I satisfied with the way they went yesterday? And what can I do today to make sure I get as close from, let's say yesterday, my health pillar measurement, I can assess it at say maybe a five. I ask myself, okay, what can I do? What small step can I do to maybe get it to a seven, eight, Maybe even a ten today. It, it, it becomes a habit. I love it, though. You know. So you're absolutely right on this.
0: Yes. Yeah. So good. So a critical component, of course, of of, of strategizing once you've once you filled out this assessment, a critical component is is scheduling and prioritizing. Now we've yeah. all we've all heard the phrase, right? If it's not scheduled, it's not real. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's why it's very important for me to keep a calendar because if it, it's not real to me, if it's not in there, so. We need to make time for each of these pillars in our daily routine, just as you talked about, T. Now, that might mean scheduling a daily workout for your health pillar or setting aside time each week to nurture your relationships. So there's always time that my wife and I, no matter what happens, we always have that time together. It's important, especially as life gets hectic. So you want to make sure that you're prioritizing that because remember, the goal here really isn't to like jam pack your schedule. No one likes that. It, it's about prioritizing what truly matters for you and your overall well being, um, well being and fulfillment.
1: Yeah. All
0: right. So as we as we work on these areas, it's vital it's vital that we that we set achievable goals. So instead of instead of aiming for like a drastic overnight change, instead of saying I'm going to lose twenty pounds this week, right? That's set. always dangerous to <laughs> a goal. Yes, it is. Uh, set small, measurable goals—just small ones—in each pillar. Like, and we talked about this. We've talked about this extensively in previous in previous episodes. So maybe, maybe if it's to improve your diet, um, uh, or spend quality time with a loved one, or maybe to meditate five minutes each day, or learn a new skill for your career, just set small, small goals. Just yeah. something that you can say, "I completed it. I checked it off." Because these small goals, over time, they they add up. They, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, those little
1: actions have meaning. Like, for instance, uh, uh, yesterday, I had a choice between a smoothie, uh, a fruit smoothie that I made, uh, and to eat a big pile of French fries. I, I, in my mind, I knew that if I ate those French fries, I was going to feel uh, lousy after I did it. So I went for the smoothie. It not only did it make me my body feel better, the very fact that I reached for the healthy option, it was a small thing, David, a small thing. I reached for the healthy. I, it made me feel better about my personal progress. It really
0: does. So it is a small things that matter. Absolutely. Like the small things, like not forgetting to put your blueberries in your muffins.
1: Oh yeah, that was a, So now I, so so I'm eating muffins <laughs> without the blueberries. They're not as healthy, but they're right. still good. <laughs>
0: Oh, I know. I had, I had, I had to say it. I was trying not to laugh here while you were talking.
1: Oh, you <laughs> should have seen me throwing those, throwing those muffins in the oven after I. I felt like, a, like, like a well, a big fancy celebrity chef. And then ten minutes later, I'm like, uh oh, forgot the blueberries. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, uh, I hear you. I love put blueberries in my. I, I, I eat, I cold overnight oats every morning. I love blueberries in there. So, um, so goals. Uh, what was I saying? Okay, yeah. So small goals they really add up, and over time they really will bring uh, about a really profound change that you're aiming for. Just start small, you'll get there. So lastly, let's talk about mindfulness and reflection, which we've talked, again, something we've talked a lot about. It's just, mm-hmm. I want you to understand that our journey towards a balanced, uh, fulfilling life is not is not a straight path. There will be no, bumps. it is not. There will be detours. There will be roadblocks along the way. And, and really, that is okay. What's important is that we continually assess our progress in each of these areas and making sure that re- we readjust our goals or actions if they're necessary. So remember, and this is very, very important to understand, that this is your journey. There's no one-size-fits-all. So what works for someone else may not work for you. So So really take the time to check in with yourself. Yeah, I know that exactly. sounds weird, but check in with yourself. Ask yourself how you're doing. Be careful with the words that you use to use with yourself, the way you talk to yourself. Right? Celebrate, like you said, non-judgmental. Absolutely, celebrate your progress. Learn from your setbacks, and always, always keep moving forward. So, T, let's let's talk about some examples um, of, of of real life examples of balancing these four pillars.
1: I'll tell you, I've been to a lot of training seminars in my life, and and, and listened to a lot of peak performers talk about uh, work life balance and how they do it. And for these guys, I'm, I'm I'm thinking to myself, this guy flies around on a jet. You know, he's got a team of people. I'm like, how in the world does he actually achieve work life balance? Well, for for us as individuals, it's really important because achieving balance among the four pillars of success will ensure that you maintain a sense of well-being and fulfillment rather than stress and overwork. In today's fast-paced society and demanding world, it's important that you achieve some sort of equilibrium between your professional commitments and your personal responsibilities. The benefits of attaining that balance are immense, and not only enhances your physical and mental health, but also fosters stronger relationships, promotes personal growth, and increases your overall productivity and satisfaction. Now, one example uh, of a famous person who has achieved a work-life balance, and people admire them for it, uh, is Evan Williams, the co-founder of Twitter. Uh, He's known for prioritizing work-life balance. Despite his success in the tech industry, he understands the importance of self-care, of nurturing relationships. Uh, He's been vocal about taking breaks, spending quality time with his family, and focusing on activities outside of work. And by maintaining a healthy balance between his professional and personal responsibilities, he exemplifies the significance Of overall well-being and happiness in achieving success. Now another example is Richard Branson who's the chairman of Virgin Group. Uh, He's a super successful guy and he's managed to balance various aspects of his life. He values the importance of work-life balance and believes it is essential for long-term success. Branson emphasizes the significance of delegating responsibilities allowing for personal time and investing in self-care. So, by prioritizing his well-being and maintaining a healthy balance between work and personal life, it serves as an example of achieving success while enjoying a fulfilling and personal life. And I'll tell you, for me personally, it's it's not been the easiest thing, just as you said earlier. It, it, it's a basically it's kind of like a discipline that you get better at with time i've watched you get better at it with time and i've copied some of your uh tactics and of course i've looked at some of the the most successful people in the world and studied how they do it you know um like for myself i i've come i've met i've asked myself okay here are my four pillars Uh, I've got relationships, I've got spirituality, I've got health, and I've got business. I ask myself, and, and, and this might not be for everybody, but it is for me. I ask myself, how can I make sure I cover all bases every single day? And how can I do it in a way that does not stress me out, but makes me feel happier and more fulfilled and confident that I'm on the right path? Now, For me, what I had to do was looking at the four pillars, I had to come up with basically a time management system and I had to
0: personalize it. Have you done something like that yourself? Yes. I mean, it's one of those things that have a system that I write down. It's more like I schedule things. I know it seems kind of weird that I schedule like dates with my wife, but I think it's important when you get, you know, I have a job that is pretty demanding of my time but wow. I also have a lot of other passion projects, like the podcast. I like to write. I'm working on a book. So there's a lot of things, but I want to make sure that I'm not forgetting something that's very, very important to me, and that's my relationship with my wife. Ooh. So, like every Friday, for instance, uh, we go out. We go out to dinner every Saturday morning. We make sure that we go somewhere and have breakfast together. Well, on wow. weekends, we do like to go on weekend trips. We do we do those as often as possible. So wow. these things, I want to make sure that we're you know that we are doing it together. And no matter what happens in my life, those are going to happen. Those are scheduled. They're there and I cannot break them. That is really important to me. Now, let me ask you this. Is there an emotional component
1: to your prioritizing to achieve that balance? Do you ever have any emotional conflicts knowing that that some things might be more important right now, but these other things are a truly higher priority, and you have to take care of. Do you ever feel that conflict?
0: Of course, right? I mean, we all have things that are, you know, that are really that are really important, and so it's kind of it's kind of one of those things that I try to figure out. Okay, if I make this decision, what is the what are the ramifications of it? Not only directly because of it, but also what are the ramifications, the ramifications, the ramifications, like second order thinking, third order thinking all of those things are important. So I kind of think it, I kind of think it through that way and figure out what's best. And then obviously having discussions with, with my wife and just discussing certain things and um, having the communications and being open with it. Uh, But yes, it does get difficult sometimes when you figure out what's important because you have so many things that are important, you know, with it that you want to make sure that um, like, like I have, I mean, even though I tell you I can't touch that, that, that Friday night dinner, it's happened where maybe, I wasn't feeling good. And so what I try to do is, is, is try to make it up. Maybe it's a Sunday. I've also done things like, I know this is going to sound a little weird, People like, man, what do you, what's with this guy? I have flower Fridays. My wife gets flowers every single Friday. Um, the, these things I just instituted all the time and that she knows that, um, how much I love her, how much I care about her. I do the same things for work. There's certain things that I do at work to make sure that I'm reaching out to my coworkers and, um, um, I even have barbecues where i invite my coworkers over for barbecues and I feed them. Right. And I think all of these things is eat. important. Oh yeah, they can. <laughs> especially, especially when I, last time, of course it was a, it was a brisket and ribs. So.
1: Oh dude, you are awesome at barbecue. Oh, hey, I love it.
0: <laughs> can you do me a favor? Yes, sir. Can you say that again? Ladies and gentlemen,
1: David N. Johnson is a master barbecue guy. <laughs> Boom, because that's important. Like cop, competition level barbecue. <laughs> okay, we can move on now. No, nah, I'm still on the barbecue, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, your whole point, it it, it, it it comes back around to one of the reasons I've, I've brought in, I've taken several time management systems so that I can optimize my ability to cover the four pillars on a daily basis is because of those emotional conflicts I have when it comes to, okay, um, how am I going to get the work done that needs to be done, and there's always a lot of it, and still keep her happy? Um, uh, how am I going to keep her happy and still get my work done? Uh, how, do I, how do I take care of my health uh, and how do I use my spirituality to, to make sure my relationship is good? to make sure that you know, my health is good and to make sure that my work is good. And I, you know, it, it's taken a long time, but I've, I've you know, I, I've kind of come up with something that works for me, but I'll tell you the two things that I've combined. Uh, and I'm, and by the way, I'm looking forward to your, uh, uh, the document you're going to make on, on tracking this
0: stuff. You're going to hold me Scala there. Like
1: to, you know, dude, I need it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've used other systems and I don't like the way that like I use. I used to use a uh, Paul J. Myers, wheel of success. And he had, instead of four pillars, he had basically eight areas in a in a, in a circle. And, if and all you, we're asking is for four. Yeah, exactly. And if you neglected one area, the wheel can't turn because you got a soft spot there, you know, you bump. So if you keep them all well-rounded, then you're kind of rolling well along the path of success. Well, what I did was I used Brian Tracy's time management system. He called it TRAF, T-R-A-F which stands for toss, refer, act on it, or file it. So I customized it and made it into STRAF, which is S-T-R-A-F, which is schedule it, toss it, refer it to somebody else, act on it right now, or file it away, okay? So I used that, but over time, it really wasn't good enough, okay? It, 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 It didn't address the fact that I would have these emotional conflicts and some things was just seen more important than others. Even though, let's say I, I, I had a project that needed to be done at work, but I needed to make sure I showed up for a dinner date later. Okay, how do you work that out? Well, Anthony Robbins has a system that he promotes called RPM, rapid planning method. And basically his system is you take the things that are most important, And you put those at the top of the list, and then you take it in order of importance and go after that. And you don't worry about necessarily um, whether it's going to be an A, B, C type of, okay, I do this first. You find out what's most important and hit that first and get that out of the way. And then you go to the next most important thing. And I think that kind of reflects the way you run your system of balancing out the four pillars is you take the things that are most important to your values and you prioritize those. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you take those, that same value that the fact that you apply values and you apply it to the next pillar, like what's important in your relationship is what's most important to your values. And then you go to your work pillar and you say, what's most important to my values for work. And you apply it that way also.
0: Yeah. Right there. That that's important. It's one of those things that if you're not prioritizing, everything in your life is as important as everything else. And you're yeah. stuck with thinking, okay, well, what do, what, what, what do I do here? I can't juggle all these eight things. This is, this is way, way too much. And yeah, so, that's when the stress comes in. Absolutely. So knowing what's important makes it easier to make decisions, it makes it easier to, when you have the emotion of it, which one should I focus on? Well, you know what? It's right there. You have the yeah. tool. You've, you've, you've talked about it. You know what your goals are. You strategize. You prioritize. You know what's most important. And it's yeah, easier exactly. to make that decision yep yeah
1: so with without
0: without you have to find a way
1: to structure your day exactly like you said and you do it by priority so you have to ask about your own values what do you value in the four pillars when it comes to your health what are your values what's most important to you when it comes to relationships and i'm I, I, david has totally brainwashed me into moving relationships to my first pillar relationships was never my first pillar before money and business used to be my first pillar. And now I realize why there was so much failure. Okay. And why I was never satisfied or happy with everything that I achieved because no matter what I achieved I, there, there, there in business, there was no satisfaction because I was always neglecting something that deep down inside was more important to me. So I moved relationships, over to the first pillar and now that relationships is is important then for me it's spirituality and i apply rpm to those things what are my values in relationships what are my values in spirituality and then those naturally carry over to uh to business and to health now anthony robbins i will tell you puts health as his absolute number one priority because he says, without health, everything else suffers. Uh, and and I agree with him, mm-hmm. but I'm going to take care of my health just so I can have the others anyway. The health is like tied into everything, which is why I love this system. They, they, they're they all tied together, you know? So,
0: yeah. So, I think out of this, you said, it said, it said um, RPM, right? Rapid planning method. Now, mm-hmm. a minute ago, I said it's easy to make decisions. So, we can talk about the uh, RDM, rapid decision method. Anyway, so... All right. So it just makes it easy to make these decisions. It does. It does. Mm -hmm. I don't even,
1: sometimes it doesn't even feel like I'm making the decision. It just feels natural. You just step into the thing because
0: it's the most important thing. Right. Absolutely. So all this that we've been talking about is, I think what's important for everyone to understand is that, I know you were talking about, you know, um, relationships first, health first. I mean, all of them are important, but one thing is important is is to understand is that the journey to our best life isn't about perfection in any one area. It's about achieving a dynamic balance between all of them. It's about Mm -hmm. recognizing that our relationships nourish us. Our careers allow us to contribute. Spirituality provides purpose and health gives us the vitality to fully engage with the world. When these, when these elements work in harmony, they create a symphony that is so much more fulfilling than any single note played in isolation. Dude, that was good. Whoa, whoa, that is good. Whoa, listen to you, bro. You know bro. what? You know what? We're, hey, we're done with the podcast. It's not going to get better than that, folks. So, <laughs> so, so we have peaked. That's right. So, through, through, throughout this episode, we've we, we've we dived into the intricacies of each pillar and their intersections. We've explored how positive relationships can enhance our mental and physical health. Uh, how staying healthy and setting healthy boundaries and relationships contribute to our overall well-being. Um, we then moved into careers and, and how they can be a reflection of our spiritual values and how spirituality can provide, uh, provide a profound sense of purpose in our work. This purpose, this alignment, is what transforms a job into a calling. It, it makes our day-to-day work so much more fulfilling. And finally, we discuss some practical strategies for for bringing this all together, which I think is really important, uh, and we even introduced the idea of a personal balance scorecard. And T's not going to let me leave it just that. Note to self:
1: stay on him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it's a tool to help you evaluate your current standing in each pillar and identify areas of improvement. And also, we um, yeah, we stress the importance of scheduling and prioritizing, uh, of making time in our daily routines for each pillar. Important, right? So, yeah, we also discussed the power of setting small, achievable goals in each area and the importance of continual mindfulness and reflection to kind of help assess our progress and readjust as necessary, because that's something that's really important. We got to understand that we have to readjust, right? Always things are going to change in our lives. It's okay to readjust your goals. You so, have to be flexible. Absolutely. And this is why it's important to understand and to remember that this journey is uniquely yours. There is no one size fits all approach. And, and there certainly is no finish line. Like I mentioned earlier, it's a continual process of growth, learning and adjustment. And and while that may sound daunting, it is incredibly exciting because it means that every single day we have the opportunity to move one step closer to our best lives. And with that, I think we're going to wrap up today's episode, but I want to thank everybody for taking the time to join us and hope that you found some inspiration and more importantly, some practical tips to carry forward in your own journey. Until next time, remember that your best life is within reach and it starts with balancing the four pillars. Folks, thank you for tuning in to today's
1: episode. We appreciate your time and we are eternally grateful for you spending it with us. In our next episode, we'll be covering the art of boredom and how to lean into it for personal development growth
0: and creating a better life yeah if you if you if you enjoyed today's episode consider subscribing sharing favoriting or all the above. Just tell all your friends about this podcast and how amazingly awesome it is that these two guys are sharing all of these insightful information. I mean, just lie if you have to. As always. <laughs> as always as the two best looking guys on the internet. Absolutely. My, my mom would say that. As always, <laughs> keep living your best life. Keep pushing and never give up on your dreams. We'll see you in the next episode.